0: Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and good night, and welcome to a special edition of the Grey Wolf Wrestling Podcast. My name is Nims Azul. It's been an absolute pleasure for everyone that has actually jumped on board the Grey Wolf Wrestling bandwagon. I've absolutely loved the feedback, loved seeing the awesome artwork on the Grey Wolf website as well. If you haven't heard the previous four interviews, make sure you get on board because everyone, everyone that we interviewed on Grey Wolf Wrestling had one hell of a role to play in Wrestlemania 36. Too big for one night. Unfortunately, this podcast is too big for one person. So I had to delve into the archives. I think you know this very, very familiar voice of the Grey Wolf family. He's my Grey Wolf Promotions boss. The man himself, Ned Tepper, joins me. Neddy. Hey, and man, man, too big. I tell you what, that's exactly what the other guy on
1: this This podcast is thinking too, he's thinking I'm kicking it with a couple of two big people here because I'm skinny, they are round, but I tell you what, WrestleMania 36, it went down, like you said, two big nights and man,
0: was it worth it or what? Can't wait to talk about it. Stella, Stella, And uh, the other person that we talk about, I don't know if you remember this old podcast we used to do back in the day called That Podcast Gimmick. Well, we've got the band back together. You'd know him as the toilet paping hoarding, the man, the (laughs) Can bench press 700 rolls above his head, and that is, of course, the one and only the real J. Cell Herbert. Jay, man, it's good to talk wrestling with you guys once again. And welcome to Grey Wolf Entertainment's wrestling podcast.
2: It's it's so good to be here, man. As you said, that podcast gimmick crew back together again is just it's like old times, man. This is this is fun.
0: It's, Looking forward to this. It, it really, really is. Let's start off. We, we were, here to, we're here to talk about now, no interviews this time round. I know you're all accustomed to getting a Grey Wolf Wrestling podcast with an, a feature interview. We're going to change track. We had to review WrestleMania 36 because it was unlike anything we've ever seen over two nights. Nettie, I'll start off with you. We won't go chronologically because there's just too much stuff to talk about, but I want to start off with the highlights for you. What was the best thing, Ned, that you... saw on WrestleMania 36.
1: Well, I have been talking to the man himself, Jay Sal Herbert, about this, and I'd like to, just quickly before we get too much into this, just thank you for bringing up the toilet paper situation, because (laughs) as we have brought up in the past, our boy Jay is ahead of his time. He does like to hoard toilet paper, but he's been doing that since it was unfashionable back in, what? when would that have been, Jay? Back 2010, 11? I can't remember, dude.
0: That's a lie,
1: That's a You're lie. Um, yeah, I, I find that to be a lie too. But the highlights, it's all sorts of crazy to think about the things that went down. So for me, the highlights were how much Grey Wolf Wrestling was involved with WrestleMania 36, <laughs> man. Do you find that amazing? You spoke to the WWE champion, Amin. That just blows my mind. Yeah. So the fact to see that that went down, Bianca Belair popped up. Kevin Owens, I think him jumping off the WrestleMania sign there was absolutely insane. That was a highlight for me. I want to talk to you guys at some stage about the whole, what was it, the Boneyard match? The Boneyard match, Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they may have borrowed some ideas there from our TNA days right there, but man, that was amazing right there. The way that they pulled this off with absolutely nobody in attendance, I think a lot of people were looking forward to them failing, but I've got to say, man, it went the other way. It was a breath of
2: fresh air. What do you reckon, Jay? Yeah, I've got to agree with Nettie right there. It was indeed a absolute breath of fresh air. There was a lot of great stuff about Mania that I just absolutely loved. We've touched on yes, the the boneyard match between AJ Styles and Undertaker was amazing. Kevin Owens leaping from the uh, WrestleMania sign, driving that elbow through Seth Rollins. Even like the Last Man Standing match between Edge and Orton was absolutely intense, insane. The Women's SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the Firefly Flying House was a lot of fun to watch, and there there was just a heap that was just so good for the whole night. Yeah, great call there,
1: Jay. Like the Firefly Funhouse, that was just something else right there. I think Mm. Bray Wyatt is just, in my opinion, I think he's just one of the best heels ever.
0: Uh, We talked about how much Grey Wolf Wrestling was an influence, and Ned's not wrong here. You can go back to our archives, greywolfentertainment.net, or get this on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud as well, because we did chat in the most recent episode of Grey Wolf Wrestling. Shayna Baszler and Keith Lee, a double shot there for you. Drew McIntyre in episode three, Edge episode two, and we kicked it all off with Bianca Belair but Nettie you talk about Bray Wyatt's The Fiend in one of the match of the nights if you even want to call it a match we'll it was some real David Lynch esque sort of <laughs> <laughs> cool stuff like that too but you mentioned years and years ago this is delving back into the archives Bray Wyatt was the guy that sort of got you back into the WWE didn't he?
1: Yeah, he definitely did there, Nim, and I guess the older you sort of get, you sort of, you want to go past that PG era a little bit, and I think that's why I got so heavily into TNA, and you know, everyone loves ECW and all that sort of stuff, but I just love the dark storylines and whatnot that were happening in TNA back in the day, Mm. hence, you bring in Bray Wyatt, my man, and he really did, it was him back in the day that did get me back into the whole WWE side of things, I think he's just a, a genius.
0: Herbs, what did you think of just the fact that the WWE went out of the box and sort of did something, like, kind of cinematic? Uh, it sort of it, it had that sort of Rob Zombie grime feel to it. All of the matches that were taking place outside of the ring.
2: Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And once again, like, touching up on the Firefly... Um, what are you touching the up there, buddy? <laughs> just continuing on with the Firefly Funhouse match as well. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't call it a match. It's more of a segment. But you could just tell, like... Both Cena and Wyatt were just having so much fun with it. And you look at all the flashbacks through like, even like Cena's debut, his bodybuilding, you throw in the what if of what if, you know, Cena turned heel our Hulk Hogan back in 96 with the WCW stuff. There's just so much fun stuff in there. There's a few little throwbacks in there as well. Nims, I'm sure, I know you probably would have heard this, but Ned, I sent you the link yesterday. There's a Talk is Jericho episode with uh, John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose. Mm. And there's a little bit in there that actually gets referenced by the Vince puppet. You just all of a sudden just this random, oh, this is such good shit. <laughs> and... And that sort of, Love I sort of think is a little sort of reference to that in a way.
0: And, and you're right there too, Jay, because this match kind of, it when that part came, I popped so much because we're kind of going back to that tribal era of WWE versus everyone else. We saw it back in the, we saw little bits and pieces of it with the TNA and WWE rivalry because everyone was sort of sniping back and forth. But obviously when you've got a billionaire backing the other company in All Elite Wrestling and some pretty big names like your Chris Jericho's and your John Moxley. The infighting gets a lot more and like you said on the Talk Is Jericho podcast, the line of Moxley going and saying that Vince would always say to him, that's good shit. It kind of was Bray White giving the old middle finger up to everyone else going, yeah, that's right. I hear you. And guess what? I listen and I love it. <laughs> Let, oh, yeah. Let's, let's change tracks just a little bit. Is there anything that didn't work for you guys? Because overall, I thought it was a really, really good show over both nights. In fact, after night one, I was so pumped for night two. It was one of those things where it was like being a kid again. You were going, oh man, I cannot wait to see what this is going to be. Were there any things there that let you down a tad or you expected a little bit more? We'll start off with you, Jay. Um,
2: I sort of... <laughs> what was that? I've got,
0: that? A dog. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a dog next to me not letting out a
2: massive jaw just then. Oh, um, okay. Probably one of the big letdowns I actually sort of expected this in a way was the... Um, <laughs> King Corbin and Elias match mm. was to me I even said this to Ned it was just meh at best so like it was more what you'd expect on say Aurora or Smackdown not a WrestleMania match Yeah Gronkowski He's he's a dick. I can't stand that guy. They would have been better off having someone like Tom Brady. Maybe from the Raiders, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry, my boy, Derek, Derek Carr, QB. There you go. You're an yeah, idiot, that guy. That first night was so was so good. Like as you said, like it just built up the hype so much. And yes, you did feel like you were you know a kid again watching some really really great stuff. Well, yeah, that was very interesting there, Jay,
1: and I'm not sure what went down there at the start of that, but we'll just (laughs) leave that be. Disappointments, I'm trying to think, I think they did it really well, Nim and Jay. I think the fact that the Boneyard match would have worked as well if there was, like if there was a crowd, if you shoot to that. I think they they did a good job of putting in stuff like that, and the Edge and Auden match with it. You know, you sort of got that backstage tour of the performance center there, and I think they sort of thought, well, there's no crowd, let's... Through some different stuff here, like the Boneyard Match, like the let's go all over the performance center, and they worked well. The awkwardness of the no sound made it interesting because you could hear what they were saying to each other. Some were better than others. Maybe they could have had some sort of ambience music in the background possibly Mm -hmm. just to take it away. I I don't know whether that would have worked any better, but I'm not really one to look at negatives as you know, I just took it for what it was and with there being absolutely no sport on in the world at the moment, thank goodness the WWE is going ahead and this went down. Like Herb's pointed out, the match, yeah, wasn't the greatest, but, you know, there was a little bit of filler in there, but at the end of the day, you're talking over six and a half hours of wrestling. Yeah. So, all in all, man, it was it was pretty solid all rounds.
0: I agree with you there, man. Like, And Jay pointed out a very... Good point there, Elias versus King Corbin. No one's really clamouring to say that, but every WrestleMania has that one match where, you know, you got to duck out to get a drink or a P-Max or got to use the loo and one of the 900 toilet rolls that you probably have. Yeah. <laughs> so every every card needs something to sort of break it up a little bit. And as you, as you said, sort of Nettie, it's, it's like you look at the Star Wars franchise, you've got nine movies there, maybe one or two, aren't that good, but everything else is classic. That's the sort of way that I looked at WrestleMania 36. I wanna move on to title matches and champions specifically. I don't know about you guys, but the Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar match, for me, was what I like about pro wrestling. Two huge dudes just going smack bang. It's like watching, like, this is like watching the Hulk versus another Hulk, because Drew McIntyre, <laughs> Drew McIntyre is bigger than Brock Lesnar.
1: <laughs> I know, and that's what my young fella Brody said me, during. He goes, Drew McIntyre makes Brock Lesnar look small. Like, I, I haven't seen that before. It's out of this world, man.
0: Because do you remember when we saw that Brock Lesnar Cena match? Now, we watched this at your house, Nettie, and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, Demolish John Cena. And John Cena's a pretty big catch. Exactly. But yeah, Drew McIntyre, really. Well, it wasn't the longest match in the world,
1: but man, he, like you say, two Transformers going at it or something. It was intense.
0: Mm. What do
2: you think, uh, Herbs? Yeah, I've got to agree with you. It's just, yeah, two great big behemoths just the absolute crap out of you it's nothing more than what you'd expect and it was just so good to see McIntyre get the strap it's like two old J's going at each other for that you know (laughs) last 36 roll of toilet paper really
1: wasn't it like bang that's my ice break you idiots (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's just an all after all what was great. Now, the other thing too, like I've spoken to Drew McIntyre before, met Drew McIntyre, and he's just such Hell a Oh yeah. He, he, yeah he, I'm gonna celebrate that, you damn well have. Yeah, he he's and the thing is too, he's the nicest guy. He's the biggest dude you'll ever meet, he's got the biggest heart. And when he got let go from the WWE, there's a lot of people that leave the WWE and all of a sudden decide to put their previous employer down or oh, they never did this to me, they never did that for me. Drew McIntyre did the hard yards and I'm and I know I come off like a sound like a guy that just shills the WWE at every every point that I can, but that's like going, you're such a mark for the NBA. Well I have to be. There they offer me the best stuff. <laughs> like, you can you yeah. can enjoy your Greek leagues or your Chinese basketball all you want, but I watch the NBA because it's the premier content there. The thing with Drew McIntyre is when he left the WWE, he got better. He went around the world. He did a great stint in TNA. He, did, he became the Impact World Champion. He fought his way back to the WWE. He teamed up with Dolph Ziggler. He did a great show at the WWE Super Showdown in Melbourne where he was part of a feature match against the shield. He did, he ticked off all the little boxes. And the first time I ever met Drew McIntyre was at a crappy little Outback wrestling show in a really... And we've been to these shows before, Nettie. They're pretty small, they're pretty low-key, and he treated every person there like he was at a WrestleMania. So this was really cool to see. And as you've heard, uh, jump into the archives, greywolfentertainment.net, and check out our brief chat with Drew because he's just such a humble cat. And to see him get that win, it's just a shame that it wasn't in front of a huge crowd. When you think
1: about it too, Nim, and it is a shame that it wasn't in front of a bigger crowd, but when this goes down in history, you know, fingers crossed, touch wood well, this time next year, we won't be in the same situation. You'll look back on this one in 10, 15 years' time going, wow, Drew McIntyre won that in front of nobody, and it might make it even that little bit extra special, maybe?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Herbs? Yeah, I've got to agree with you guys. Like as you said, like when most people leave WWE, it's just, like instantly, oh, that, you know, this was toxic. It's, you know, screw them, blah blah blah. But yeah, like Drew did the hard yards. He went around through the Indies, and when he came back, like just to see him sort of win that Royal Rumble was like, hang on, this this is his moment. This is the right guy they've got, you know, going forward to for the main event and. Yeah, even though it would have been great for him to capture that moment in front of 70 odd thousand people or however many stadium in Tampa holds. Mm. But just the fact that even though there was absolutely no one there,
0: it's going to be something that everyone's going to be talking about for a long time to come. Agreed. Agreed. We're, we're, this is one of those WrestleManias where it had multiple moments. And just to give you a side note, we've watched a lot of WrestleManias together, guys, and unfortunately, what's going on around the world, a lot of us had to watch it separately or not unusual gatherings. And like you said, Nettie, let's just hope in a couple, like this time next year, we'll all be able to, well for one thing, go outside, that'd be nice, but uh, <laughs> but but you're right. This, this was a memorable WrestleMania. I want to go in depth into a couple of matches too. We talked about the Firefly Funhouse match, but let's talk a little bit about The Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match, because like you said, Nettie, a lot of people were crapping on this before they even announced it. And by the end of it, we we're all talking about how great this match was. When you saw The Undertaker go one-on-one with AJ Styles in a Boneyard match, coming in as that old school American badass taker, what did you think?
1: Man, well, first of all, I wasn't one of the ones bagging it because I'm a, you know, I'm all about those gimmicks, hey, AJ. You know, I love that right there. And I, I just—it's no secret to you boys that AJ Styles has been my favorite wrestler for a very long time. And obviously, he was the heel going into this one, but
0: him jumping out of that coffin there at the start well, I've yeah. Have the gift getting around of that? That is fantastic. <laughs> Because at the start, I was just like, okay, this looks kind of cool. And then the minute AJ came out of that coffin, you're like, oh, man, we're in for a treat here. And then when you saw The Undertaker back in, like, the American badass-style Undertaker, you knew that this is something special. this is, and rightly so, Jeremy Borash, who I believe worked on this match, uh, was a very, very big influence in the Broken Universe in TNA and outedly it has been admitted that, and they've paid homage to it but it's a special match and it's one that people are going to say to your friends even if you don't like wrestling watch this because it's great
1: yeah it's one for the ages it's just like that final deletion match just all sorts of awesome right there and take it coming in blast into Metallica I originally said Megadeth, and Herb's basically said you're an idiot that's wrong
0: oh you but, see and it's like that's not all to bridge you idiot that's what happened right yeah <laughs> it, was, it, it was one of those moments for sure But <laughs> because we don't that we was... don't listen to as much metal as Jay does, so the minute you step out of your lane, we are an idiot! <laughs> <laughs> in his defense, he said you were close. But, yeah, exactly,
1: man. How good of a heel does AJ make at the same time? Like, Undertaker could have just taken on basically the world in that moment and you knew that he was going to just come out on top. It was it was insane. and Probably the highlight of the two nights. It's a toss-up between that and
2: the Edge RKO match, I think, but yeah something else herbs yeah like the same with ned like you hear the gong and all that go off at the start and you see the hearse pull into the graveyard it's like oh yeah you know it's a pretty pretty good entrance for the undertaker it's epic it's it fits it and then boom up pops aj it's like one of the greatest sort of uh sort of troll moments ever Mm. but then when you see taker come in on the bike i think I was jumping up and down in the lounge room just going absolutely crazy. Like, yes! Biker, take us back! Yes! It was just I would have loved to have seen literally. that just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so surreal. And these two told a great, great story. And a funny... One of the things I actually sort of read... Somewhere down the track afterwards, so you can take this with a grain of salt. Is a lot of the banter between both Taker and AJ was actually improvs mm. on the set. So, <laughs> but like they just told an amazing story throughout the whole thing. You see, you know, the will give you tell the story, everything. Herbert? What? <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> Wrestling's real, damn it. <laughs>
0: Herbs. I, I did like my favourite part of that entire thing was the AJ going to to take a don't bury me bro Please don't bury me, and he's like, "I'm not going to bury you, man. I'm not going to bury." You.
2: That was just, <laughs> "I'm not going to bury you. You put up a good fight, and then bang, bam,
1: <laughs> yeah." It was. That's basically looking to our future there, Nems. When oh yeah, Herbs <laughs> got a both around the throat, and we're like, "Herbs, please don't kill us,
0: please." Yeah, and he's wh- like, "I'm not going to." On that bomb, we're gonna get a firefly We're gonna get a firefly Westside boneyard match. <laughs> where she's <laughs> you, we're just gonna go. He's gonna he's gonna lure us in and. Somehow, we're going to see Tim Nurse there going to be like, what's with all the violence, Jay? He's like, shut up, idiot. (laughs) This is a West Side match. Can I get you guys more drinks? And then he's going to smash us with, like, bottles and stuff. And then probably pin us on top of one of the pokies. Uh, Guess who's a winner now, idiots? (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, last man standing match was another one Because what, another big thing was of course The return of Edge How do you guys think that he fared in his return match? Well first up To those who haven't heard it
1: They need to listen to your interview with Edge right there Which really goes to show the calibre of What we're putting out at Grey Wolf Wrestling Apart from this one aside Because I've got a little bit carried away Dealing with Herbs I do apologise But Nims caught up with Edge And Edge lets us know about his recovery And the recovery from his injury Is just something else for you to talk to him about that man is just out of this world to me and the whole match, I've got to say probably was the highlight. it's a toss-up between this one and of course taker AJ Styles. They really utilized that performance center didn't they? We got to see every aspect of it. It was violent, it was brutal. Randy Orton, you want, I was talking about AJ Styles being a great heel. How about Randy Orton as a great heel, saying that he loved the kids more than what Beth Phoenix does? That is something else right there, and he was doing it because he loves Edge and whatever. It's one of the best rivalries that I can remember in a long time, and the match itself, well, you know, it revitalizes just how good the WWE is at the minute. It was just so damn brutal. And a few times through it, I'm like, wow, I hope Edge gets up from this. Did you guys have the same sort of feeling? Like, he
0: took some bumps. Mm. Yeah. Mm, very much so Like when you know a guy what? When you know a guy's got a, a rather sensitive neck And was retired Because he had a major injury It's it's like watching A Daniel Bryan match Where you sort of go yeah. Oh god Oh god are you, should, should you be doing that man You're a dad with kids <laughs> The GDT on the back of that You truck thing Wow I was like man I hope he gets up from that <laughs> Herbs, I'll circle back to you, man. You're a very big fan of the sort of the pomp and circumstance, the gore, and you absolutely love a good old-fashioned ladder match. What did you think of a rather unique one when it comes to John Morrison defending the tag team titles in in a, a triple threat ladder match for the tag team championship when there's no teams involved?
2: Yeah, look, i got to think, like this is going to be really good, you know, triple threat tag team ladder matches are always absolutely amazing. You think back to the Hardys, you think back to Edge and Christian and the Dudleys, the clinics that they put on, and then it's like, you know, you just see the single competitors, like, okay, you know, how are they going to do this? Like, this is going to be, you know, interesting to watch, but it was a very, very well done match, some great athleticism, and especially from John Morrison, like, tightrope walking across the top rope to deliver that slam to Kofi mm. is just absolutely incredible and then you get to the finish Wise move on Morrison's part grabbing the title belts and as he's head headbutted he pulls the belts down with him it was just a fantastic match. It didn't matter if it was, you know, pretty much just a basic single triple threat.
0: Nitty, you love yourself some uh, TLC matches too, and we always hang out for our money in the bank match too. What did you think of the, the triple threat tag team ladder match?
1: Yeah, man, it was a great one right there. We are a little bit divided in my house there. I was going for the, the one half of the Usos in that one. I had Jimmy in that one, definitely, man. But yeah, I thought they pulled it off really well and Herbs was giving me the live updates throughout via Snapchat. He was a little bit confused about the format throughout. But, you know, again, for what it was, I, I thought it was really good, man. They delivered the goods.
0: 100% there. And that, that's the weird thing about this mania. I mean, going into it, we didn't know what to expect. We, we've seen a couple of empty arena WWE shows, but this is WrestleMania. This is like the grand final. This is the playoffs. This is Game 7 in, in front of no one. And they knocked it out of the park, and they did a really, really good sh- job. Before we sort of wrap up our little recap of WrestleMania 36, we did see ads for Money in the Bank, which is allegedly next month. May 10, I believe. Yeah, that's, yep. cor- that's correct, Nettie. We've ticked WrestleMania off. If this was the last bit of major wrestling you could see, because Raw's a lot of replays and things like that, but if this was the most original 100% new content wrestling show that you could see, were you happy with what they had to offer and what would you do for Money in the Bank? We'll start off with you, Jay.
2: Yeah, look, it's it's a very interesting time that we sort of live in. Yes, they pulled off Mania exceedingly well, it was. It's just so well done. With Money in the Bank, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to do it because a lot of states over in America have sort of issued, like, you know, the you-must-stay-home sort of lockdown sort of thing. So unless they've got something pre-taped, I'm not really sure how they're going to be able to pull that one off. Yeah. But it will be interesting to see what they do. Well,
1: sort of following you up there, Jay, did you see that they've come out and said that WWE have put their hands up and said that they're an essential service and that's why WrestleMania had to go
0: on? You boys see that? I did see a little thing like that, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's crazy right there. So maybe Vince is going to pull the essential service thing and they'll just keep going on behind closed doors. And if that's the case... I won't be complaining about it and I'm sure
0: you two won't. No, no, hell no. It was, it. as I've said to a lot of people, it, it sort of made, for, for at least two days uh, of all the horrible stuff that's happening in the world and we really do feel for everyone that this is uh, hit hard, it was nice to sort of just relax and sort of chill with my friends and, and I couldn't do it physically but I was able to, we were Snapchatting, we were group chatting, it was just, it was the most social that I've felt in quite a while, especially since we're all isolated and all sort of staying indoors. So, props to that and look if whatever happens at Money in the Bank I guess happens but at least we got Wrestlemania 36 and it's going to be something that I will watch a fair few times because I thought it was a damn good show before I wrap up I gotta say you know how like the WWE merch machine is just fantastic guys well I don't know if you've seen this but you can actually buy Wrestlemania 36- uh, 36 I was just um, the I wasn't there yeah. t-shirt yeah <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to get one as so? well? Of course I am, man. You know I've got to get that. Like, how cool is that? You can buy yourself a Mania 36 shirt that says, I wasn't there. Oh, I
1: love that right there. And there'll be about, you know, 20 people that were there that won't be able to buy one of those. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, be- hmm. before you do go, though, Nims, I want you to answer that question that you asked Herbs and myself, which I sort of skipped parts which is good. What would you do leading into you know, the money in the bank match.
0: Look, I'm more than happy to put up with Raw and SmackDown and NXT with a couple of replays here and there if it means that I can get another behind-closed-door performance centre show, Money in the Bank style, because to me it showed that the WWE performers and the wrestlers, when they go out there, they go out and do it 110%. It would have been really, really easy for someone like, say, Kevin Owens to go and say, you know what, there's no crowd here, why am I going to jump off the sign? But he did it anyway. You saw the Street Profits right. in a another tag team match against Angel Garza and Austin Theory that could have rested on their laurels. Edge is coming back after nine years. He could have dialed it back a bit. He could have said, no, nah, you know what, we'll save this for when crowds come back. No, but they all, sort, they all sort of went out and out. And like I said, if they have to do it again without crowds, then so be it. But WrestleMania 36 put down a blueprint that said to me, we got this. We know what we're doing. So bring on more Boneyard matches. That's what I say. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now's the time to do
1: it. Do a whole bunch of stuff behind
0: closed doors. Like, you know, some of us are still
1: working. Hopefully they still can too. We want to see some of those Boneyard matches, some of those, you know, (laughs) out-the-back brawls and all that sort of thing. I say very well said there, man. You're the person I want to be hearing those sort of questions, answers by, and I totally agree with you, man. I've got to say real quick too, Shayna baszler in. Wow. Is she not the most terrifying woman? Yeah. In professional wrestling. I was a bit disappointed she didn't win it.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only person I've been more scared of is our old boss uh, back when I used to do a breaky radio with you, man. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree, man. I agree.
1: But yeah, Shayna Baszler, terrifying. And my daughter actually had a nightmare about her. That's how scary oh, she is. Oh, no. <laughs> but, that's a, that's a true story. And, man, i got to say, like, that's women's wrestling right there. I, w- I would love to see her and Herb's
0: in a cage. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Herb's wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Get away from me, you idiot! Take all the toilet paper, you idiot, Baszler! Queen Looking of Spades? Up. Well, I'm the Queen of Shades, idiot! <laughs> 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 oh God! But hey, huh. look. Make sure you check out uh, all of last week. Was our special WrestleMania week on Grey Wolf Entertainment? Make sure you like the page on all of the socials. You can find it at Grey Wolf E N T. That's on Facebook, Instagram. And on all your social media platforms. Don't forget Twitter as well. Changing tracks just a little bit, make sure you give us a follow too. We've got a lot of cool stuff that is coming out on all of our pages. Check out the back catalog at Grey Wolf Entertainment, greywolfentertainment.net. It's not just wrestling, we talk about hoops. There's uh, some stellar interviews on there too, ranging from great bands like Everclear, Unwritten Law. Nettie even chatted with Kevin Eastman and it was the, uh, was it the 30th anniversary of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles original movie? Yeah,
1: sure it was last week and Herbs and I, we were a couple of sad cases. We watched it at the same time as Kevin Eastman and again, just some fun quarantine stuff to do. I can't believe that one, 30 years old now, but yeah, definitely. Thank you for those props there Nims and thank you for everything that you're doing too with wrestling. You've just come out and lifted that bar <laughs> so much higher. Like, how are you going to sort of top that man? You've got, you've set the bar so it's going to be hard to top but we cannot wait
0: to see what you do next as well yeah hey, it's going to be some interesting times too because uh, I think we're all going into lockdown but if you're short sure of stuff to listen to jump onto greywolfentertainment.net and check out some of those awesome podcasts too. Uh, there's also the Grey Wolf Footy Podcast, which obviously have had to come to a bit of a pause due to the fact that there is no footy. Go back and have a listen to the Grey Wolf Hoops series as well too. They have some very good chats in there. Just recapping what was a rather stellar season of, of NBL 20, which are, you're an idiot, Perth, Wildcats! One and one, but um, there's some pretty cool <laughs> big names that you can go listen to in the Grey Wolf archives, including Sean Bruce. Uh, Mitch McCarron is the most recent, Recent of our high level chats, but it all got kicked off by the Melbourne, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix's Mitch Creek, former Adelaide 36er, and Horsham Hornet, kicked off that massive ball and set it rolling. Boys, this has been a lot of fun catching up, man. I've had an absolute treat. Let's just hope we can do it again in person one time.
1: Oh, hell yeah, man. It sounds great. It's always great to chat with
0: you, Mr. Azor and Mr. Herbert. <laughs> It's always a fun time with you boys. 100%. Make sure you hit us up on the social media, greywolfentertainment.net. Give us a like on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like us on Spotify. Even like our SoundCloud page. We'll catch you then. But next time, stay tuned to Grey Wolf Entertainment for all the latest coming out in the world of wrestling because I really hope that happens soon. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon.